0: Hello and welcome to Meandering with Myrn, a potpourri podcast by me, veterinary ethologist Myrna Malani. Join me as I ponder any and all things animal and human, what we know and what we don't, where we've been, where we are, and where we're headed. This is my second podcast attempt this week. The first was a COVID-19 related rant that seemed like a good idea at the time. But shortly before I recorded it, a strange and wonderful thing happened. I gave my dog Fricka a bath. And while I did that, I had an epiphany. This happens surprisingly often when I bathe the dog. Not so much so when I bathe the cat because that usually demands a self-preservation mood that leaves no room for other thoughts. But this time, I was bathing Fricka. And bathing her caused me to realize that the podcast I was working on was a piece of garbage. After she was dry, sweet-smelling, and sound asleep in her puffy bed next to my desk, I sent the offensive podcast notes to the recycle bin and started over. Bathing Fricka isn't an unusual event. She's one of those fluffy little dog mixes, a.k.a. FLDMs, who doesn't shed. She also thinks she's a farm dog, even though she only weighs 12 pounds. Put those two qualities together, and you get a dog who needs a bath every six weeks or so, despite daily grooming. Unlike Ollie, her co-resident, she's never played chicken with a local skunk population or engaged in other gross activities that would require additional baths. My gaining some kind of insight while bathing Fricka isn't that unusual either. Not that the results are comparable to some prophecy pronounced by Pythia the Oracle of Delphi. Unlike Pythia, who is prone to frenzied outbursts, mine tend to be more muted thanks to Fricka. She patiently stands while I lather her up, rinse, condition, and rinse her again. Then she patiently accepts being turned every which way while I dry her with the two thick towels reserved for dog drying. There's something so soothing and relaxing about the process that I often find my thoughts wandering during it. Fricka will be 16 on June 16th. Her vision, hearing, and sense of smell dwell in the geriatric selective realm. If the amount and quality of light, sound, and scent especially scent stimulation she perceives are within the range of her declining abilities. She moves through her environment effortlessly. If not, she freezes and looks helplessly lost and confused. Even doing routine outside chores like spring cleanup or bringing in wood for cozy fires those still chilly mornings are sequences of denial and awareness for me. When the wind and light are just so, Fricka moves as easily through these environments as a young dog in her perceptual prime. At such times, it's easy to convince myself she will live forever. But when the wind shifts and she freezes and gets that confused look on her face, I realized just how vulnerable she is. Since last fall, I've put a leash on Fricka when I take her out after dark or when weather conditions would make it difficult for her to navigate. Initially it was a pain for both of us. In retrospect though, I think part of it was because we were used to being free together if you can be free together, why bother with a leash now? The answer to that question was another part of my epiphany. It wasn't just the confused look on her face when she lost her bearings and couldn't see, hear, or pick up my scent that troubled me. It was the thought of her panicking and running blindly into the woods and that I wouldn't be able to find her. Because I'm almost 16 years older, too. Because I have my own complement of age-related changes that would slow me down if she panicked and ran. Because I'd never forgive myself if she got lost and I couldn't find her just because I couldn't bring myself to put a leash on her after all our years together. So much has changed since that first time I snapped a leash on Fricka last fall. Currently, we're in the midst of an indecisive spring. Forecasts for temperatures in the 70s or cold enough for snow may occur in the same week. Last week, for the second time, I put my snow shovel away, only to drag it out again. But leaving the snow shovel parked by the front door seems blasphemous when the forsythia, daffodils, primroses, pulmonary, grape hyacinths, violets, to say nothing of the dandelions, are blooming like crazy. So I put the shovel away again. The first time I did this, the shovel's disappearance and reappearance spooked Fricka. But this last time it didn't. This lies at the heart of my bathing-the-dog epiphany. Before, we used to be linked by an invisible, mutually acknowledged but often taken for granted leash. My contribution was a willingness to recognize, to the best of my ability, how dogs in general, and she in particular, perceived her world. At the same time, She somehow learned my perceptual similarities and differences too. But it turns out that this isn't one of those do-it-once human-animal processes, nor should it be. It's a dynamic one fueled by an awareness of the physiological, behavioral, and bond changes that occur between us and our animals as we both get older this may seem like a no-brainer but it's easy to lose sight of this when we and our animals are younger restrictions or other changes for both of us that seemed so unnecessary and unthinkable when we and they were young now seem exactly the opposite the only caring thing to do provided We don't get stuck in denial regarding their and our own age-related changes. My epiphany once again reminded me that in human and animal behavior, context is everything. Additionally, this year, not only did Fricka's and my bond with each other change, our whole world also changed. When someone stops at the house now, I'm more likely to speak to them from my second-story office window instead of going out to greet them face-to-face as in the past. This means that Ollie and Fricka don't get to greet their friends as usual either. One friend always brings them biscuits, and it just so happened I was downstairs when he came because I just finished giving Frick a bath. It was a rare, gorgeous spring day after a string of cold and wet ones. So I went outside and sat on the stone wall while he stayed in his vehicle parked a good 20 feet away. And because his hearing isn't as good as it used to be, we semi-shouted at each other while we talked. Ollie barked indignantly and sighed, but Frigga slept through the whole thing. Before my friend left, he tossed their dog biscuits on the ground instead of handing them to me, as in the pre-COVID-19 past, and he flew a paper airplane in my general direction that he'd made out of an article he wanted me to see. When I let the dogs out after he left, Fricka immediately found the biscuit, but she didn't eat it as usual. Instead, she kept looking around her for someone who no longer was there. When I picked up the paper airplane from a friend who's in a higher COVID-19 risk group than I am, I felt the same way. In our own ways, Fricka and I each have had to accept that we aren't as young as we used to be, and that this evolution is natural and all right. In our own ways, we live in a new normal and we both belong to someone's at-risk group. But rather than limiting us, accepting the presence of these and other limitations in our dynamic human-animal world has increased our freedom with each other. You've been listening to a podcast by veterinary ethologist Myrna Milani. For more podcasts, commentaries and books about animal behavior and the human-animal bond, and links to behavior and bond sites, check out my website at www.mmilani.com for more specific information, feel free to email me at mm at All rights related to the content of these podcasts are retained by Myrna Milani. The background music, Molly on the Shore by Percy Granger, is used with permission from Katova Arts, www.katova.com.